said, Mama, I got bad news. Bad moods every day. Brand new tattoos on my face. Sad dude with a head full of. Hello, listeners. Welcome to the Ashes to Awesome podcast, Rising and Recovery. My name is Chuckle Flange, and thank you for joining me while we take a mostly serious look at the realities of addiction and rising in recovery. This episode brought to you by Revolution Recovery, helping men recover and become their best selves through support and treatment. They've been there, and they understand. Hey guys, welcome to another Kaleidoscope Wednesday. Um, before we get into the episode, I just wanted to talk to you guys for a quick minute about um, kind of the impact this show has on, on me personally, and, and hopefully to some of you as well. I Early in the week, and if you've been paying attention, listening, um, you know, Monday's Memorial Monday came out at 1130 at night. I really dropped the ball on that one. Um, I don't have an episode for Tuesday, which is today as I'm editing and producing uh, the Kaleidoscope Wednesday for, for what is now your today. And, and, and that's because something happened in my life. Um, without getting into a lot of detail, I had an exchange with a family member that left me a ton of memories and and thoughts come about about everything that's happened between us. And, and I went to a pretty dark place, and I was really, really upset. And I still am upset about it. But I kind of I had to force myself to get back to work today because I can't I can't do that. I can't lose two days, you know. And it's, especially with the people around me that are supporting me, um, I have to be hyper aware of my history, right? So if I uh, if I start to fall off, people start looking at me pretty quick, right? And, and I appreciate why they do, and I, I certainly hold no resentment to that. But I started editing today's episode. Um, so much of what Brian Bathgate has to say applied directly to my current situation. So much so that I have no problem admitting it, it brought me to tears how helpful, how absolutely helpful everything he said in this episode was to me. And it really helped me get through some of my own problems in the short term, at least. I mean, there's probably something there I have to address long term. But go back and listen to episodes, and, and, and I'll be doing that tonight. Go back and listen to the, the, the Kaleidoscope Wednesday episodes. Um, lately to, you know, to our team at Ashes to Awesome and, and to people that I'm talking to about the show, I'll mention that the other days of the week are great in, in for advocacy and, and their own reasons, right? And, and I don't mean to take away from those, but these Wednesdays to the listener, to the individual are probably the most valuable if you're paying attention. So much of what he says has become our dogma day in and day out when we talk about things um, as, as a team and, you know, and around my peers and that as well. It's powerful stuff, you guys. So, so pay real close attention. Use it in your lives, and you'll probably be pretty grateful for that too. So, anyway, guys, hey, thank you for listening to me for a minute. Uh, go back and check out that episode, and enjoy the hell out of this one too. All right, welcome, listeners. So, I am sitting in studio for another Kaleidoscope Wednesday with the captain Ryan Bathgate. How you doing today, Ryan? Uh, Chuck, uh, yeah, I'm. Uh, I could actually like say honestly that I'm. Um, I'm pretty good. Uh, you know. Uh, what do they say? Idle time, idle hands make the devils something. Idle hands idle, do the devil's work. Idle, yeah. yeah, yeah. So whatever that is, and yeah. so <laughs> I have no time. So the devil ain't fucking here. Yeah. Well, good news. <laughs> yeah. Good news. Any day without the devil, and it's a good day, I guess. Right? <laughs> yeah. 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 Unless so. you learn how to dance. <laughs> <laughs> All, All right. right. So I guess uh, I want to touch base on something with you real quick before we get started in on things here, Ryan. Um, uh, the episode last week. Uh, tremendous feedback, tremendous feedback on that and, and how passionate you got. And, uh, to the listeners, if you did not hear that, go back and take a listen. Um, but some people close to me, some people not as close to me, uh, the universal, the feedback has been universal in that, in that it's been, it's been fantastic. So, 
Uh, go back it's and, and check it out. Yeah, it is good feedback. It is good feedback. Oh, I like, yeah. I like good yeah. feedback. Hey, it you makes me nervous when I hear hey. just the word feedback. It's so, <laughs> well, you know, all you need is love, right? So, uh, and, and that's, that's what I ended up kind of titling that in the subtitle on that episode on there. And I think it was suiting and you did a great job on that. So guys, go back and take a listen if this is your first episode of Kaleidoscope Wednesday. Anyway, um, I think we'll just get into the mailbag. That seems to be working really well. Uh, I mean, we're both having a good time with that. The listeners sure seem to be enjoying it. So if uh, if you're good with that, unless there's anything you want to open up with ahead of time. Uh, well, okay. I do. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. I want to I want to fucking say, I, there, uh, Alex, edit that. Uh, I want to <laughs> say. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you, you were listening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I want to say, like, um, you know, expectations breed disappointment and frustration. Okay. And I, I'm not going to be held prisoner to that. Um, and so I'm going to do my best to deliver what I got every time I, I get on the air here. Yeah. yeah. But I can't always guarantee it's going to be full of brimstone and fire. And Fair so, enough. <laughs> you know, I ask the world yeah. to accept me as a human being and that I am both fallible and inconsistent and irrational. Fair enough. Fair enough. All yeah. right. Well, you did have prostate tips at one point in your life, so I, mean. I sure did. <laughs> That's fallible with a capital F and <laughs> two capital L's in there. Yeah, okay, all right, all right. I might even had a white belt. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! I, I didn't. Oh, okay. Chuck, here's some. I, I'll tell you, yeah, I do okay. own a white belt right now, but it's only for golf apparel. Ah, okay, okay, and you can get away with just about any color scheme on the golf course. So, well, I'll tell, I'll tell you a story. Uh, so, like. I, I owned one time I owned a pair of white sunglasses for about I'm gonna say 32 minutes. <laughs> my my girlfriend from before, uh, who's now a really good friend of mine, uh, Rachel, uh, she was like, we're driving in the car. This is many years ago. We're driving in the car, and uh, and she's like, oh hey, look at those sunglasses. Let me see those. Those are cool. And I was like, yeah, yeah, check them out. She grabs them out the window and says, don't ever, <laughs> ever well, wear a white, pair, pair of white sunglasses. If your wife wasn't as jeal- as angelic as you make her out to be, I'd say you lost a good one. But you know, right? Yeah, no, but no, no. <laughs> you know what? Yeah. To be honest with you, both of those women are phenomenal women. Yes, but your wife I'll is better. <laughs> well, <laughs> Right. Yes. <laughs> Thank yeah, you. Well, yes. I mean, yes. But I, I also love Rachel. You yes. Know? In a different She's way like, that's not comparable to the way you love your wife. And then, right, okay, that, let's let's that, get past this shit show right now, shall we? <laughs> yeah. You're welcome. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, all right, all right. Okay. Alex, so. edit. That's going to be it now from now on, man. I'm calling Alex. <laughs> well, you better pay for an Alex because we don't have an Alex in the yeah. fucking budget. So, hey, yeah. Scott, throw it on your tab, would you? There you go. All right. <laughs> All right. By okay. the way, that was pretty funny. You guys were funny yesterday. On that Thursday, uh, Thursday show. episode, wasn't that something else? Yeah, eh? yeah. For for such a yeah, yeah. a serious topic, right? Like I think we did. Yeah, he's good, good man. He's so quick. Like right. Yeah, I'd yeah, like to get right. on a show so, with him. To be honest you, with you. Yeah, yeah. 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 He's, oh yeah. Well, he's quick. I think we can man. make he's that work. Quick and funny. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's uh, yeah, he's an amazing guy. He's, he is. And you know, you know what? Fuck it. I'll speak to it. I'll be quick about it. Um. And I'm not sure if I've said this to you directly, Ryan. I've definitely said it on the show before. So Scott does just a tips Thursday with me, folks, for anybody that, that isn't aware of that. We take some tips in living in sobriety. He reads them to me. Typically, though, this last time we switched chairs, we have a lot of fun with that. And it's kind of, yeah. for me, it's my break in the week. It's my, like, I, I cover a lot of serious, somber shit here on the show, and I get to take a minute and laugh. 
And well, let's let's be honest. It's for addicts and assholes. That's who thinks it's funny because we we, we, we toe the line, right? We toe. You know, the line. I, mean, I I I listen to that in my drive to my uh, my uh, private practice, and yep. it's a yep. pretty of a drive going from Mission to Langley. And I think yeah. I laughed the whole time. Like, right. just right. like, yeah. yeah. And, and yeah. laughing at stuff I shouldn't be laughing at. You know, I almost felt guilty. <laughs> but that was the idea, right? And, and Flora, yeah. who's, who's a part of the, the Ashes Awesome team, gave me that list. And, and listeners, the list was um, things not to say to somebody who is um, who has a partner spouse that's an addict. And, right. and of course, for Laura, for Flora, that's a very sensitive topic. So imagine my surprise when she gave it to me and said, can you guys make this funny and still get the message out? So the challenge now to, 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 to yourself, Ryan, and to all the listeners, come up with a list or an idea for a list that we can feed into ChatGPT or whatever. Oh, I, okay. Oh, give yeah, me, I give me something serious and challenge me oh, yeah. to earn your laughter. And we will earn your laughter with it, right? And, oh, yeah, and that you know, episode and so gives like, me great confidence. Yeah, I will ahead. also say, like, as soon as he started with the tip to the shaft and then the ball, <laughs> I was like, this is Manscaped. I know, this is Manscaped. Right, you know I mean? right. <laughs> like, yeah. I've heard it on like all my Dolphins podcasts that I do. Yeah, yeah. They always have some, you know. And, I'm, and for the record, uh, DolphinsTalk.com. Okay. I'm throwing that out there. They're the reason that I went and got Manscaped. Uh, and I use Manscaped. Without, okay. and I, they're not paying me for this to say that. Yeah, it's so well, somebody better problem. start fucking paying me, I'm saying. Okay, right? Like, know, this is a lot of Manscaped you, is, talk here, right? So, yeah. It yeah, is. Right. I have not bled. I'll just say okay. that. <laughs> okay. All right. Moving on from another shameless plug. Somebody, somebody, if you got a contact at Manscaped, tell them to get in touch with me, please. Cause this is a lot of, you know, a lot of stuff. Yeah. 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 We know, need to write a letter or something. Yeah. Yeah. Something, right? Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Eh? And a bill now to whatever dolphins.com too. You know, we're going to have to, you know, send them a bill. And Jesus. Yeah. I think those guys are doing pretty good. Yeah. 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 All right. Okay, guys. Um, so the first right. question is from Nick in Lower Mainland in British Columbia, Canada. Oh, this is a hot topic. Is decriminalizing 2.5 grams of all drugs beneficial to stopping the opioid crisis, or does it just further enable harm? Does so? We're talking about decrim. We are talking about decriminalization. Yeah. Um, Okay. Okay. So here's where I lose friends. Uh, Okay. Remember, folks, the show only supports different opinions. It doesn't hold up in and of its own. (laughs) <laughs> so you know, and, and, and you know, I listen to Devos, uh, and Devin, so Devin Quire, I, I, yeah. yeah, yeah, and so like we come from very different places in our perception of that. And what I've actually kind of put together is that where it ends up, if we listen to what he's saying, he's actually saying what something along the lines about what I'm going to say. Okay, okay. So here's what we know. Let's get into the fucking history first. Okay. And my and my own personal moral values and moral compass. Okay. The I have said it in the show before. Every single prohibited uh, substance has been born out of racism. Yes. Yes. Narcotics specifically. I cannot, in my right mind, stand behind something <clears throat> that I know for a fact is created to suppress. And really eradicate minorities. Okay. So, therefore, the policies in place right now, I will never stand behind. Period. All right. All right? I take a macro look at this. And and, and the reason is because I want to look at this from now and where we're going. Mm-hmm. And I want to do it because this can affect my daughters and my daughter's kids. Yes, it and is. So, yep. so, when I, so I'm, I, I'm going to say right now, I am pro-legal regulation. Okay. 
decrim is halfway. Okay. We need to attack many areas of this. First and foremost, when we create okay, first and foremost, we saw in the 1930s prohibition does not work. Mm-hmm. Period. We certainly did. Yep. Here's what it does work for. It works to get Nixon votes. Mm-hmm. It worked to get Reagan votes. And Reagan used it as tough on crime, which created a stigma that attached criminality and addiction to be the same thing. We look at the videos in the 1930s and 40s about reefer madness where they're painting white <laughs> men to look like black people or African-Americans that are running around the woods looking for poor little white women to rape and murder. Yeah. yeah in these yeah. in these movies. And like so this is this is it's Joseph Goebbelsism, you know, like the propaganda. And yeah. so um and so when we look at it like that, okay, I'm not going to stand behind a racist thing. You know, the 13th amendment for example was a way like they took uh you know sla- slavery's over. What happened? The the south is devastated economically. Because that was the the backbone of their economy was slave labor. Yes, it was. So what did they do? They put a little thing in the Thirteenth Amendment that says you do not have any citizenship if you've been convicted of a crime. So what did uh, they do? They, they put people in people jail for life for spitting, for loitering, for all of the African American population. So essentially, creating slavery, which has just evolved into what we have now. The war mm-hmm. on drugs is an absolute devastating fucking failure that has cost the lives of many and millions and billions of dollars. All for what? We got we got Ronald Reagan uh, training contras in Sinaloa, flying in. Flying in money and guns and flying back kilos of cocaine to drop into Compton and you know, hi, you know Highway Rick, yeah, Highway yeah, Rick Ross, you yeah, know, like yeah, that yeah, and yeah. We're, we're and then into Chicago and then into New York and all over. We have this cocaine, this crack cocaine epidemic that happened in the eighties, all because Nixon wanted to be a tough on crime is the illusion, yeah. but b to make money, to make tons of money, and to suppress the Nicaraguan movement with the Contras. And so, yep. pff, am I going to stand behind that? Fuck no. No. Bill no. Bill Clinton comes in with mandatory minimums. I will say, I do like Billy Clinton. He's the only one that went to NAACP and said, I'm fucking sorry. Yeah. I was wrong. And I got a lot of respect for that. Yeah, you know what I mean? And so, yeah, it does. Yeah. so, the answer to this, what happens when we, when we make something, uh, when we criminalize something, what happens? Mm-hmm. Well, it we, creates a black market. Absolutely, it does. Right? A black market has no... Uh, governing bodies, no standards, you know what I mean? And all of a sudden, now in the 1980s, we got Pablo Escobar, and it's like, boom, now he's this big figure, all because of supply and demand based on illicit markets. Yeah. So if we take away the supply or the demand, then the supply goes away. Yeah. Right? And if I can go, if I'm a fentanyl user and I know I can go and get something that's going to get me high and not kill me, I'm going to do that over the the shit I'm going to get off the guy with the spiderweb tattooed on his face. Right. Right, you know, and, and so, you know, and, and I'll speak to that briefly because I know you're in the middle of a, a much larger point. Um, and just from my own experience, um, I, I used to grow weed. I think you probably had something to do with that in your time too, or whatever, right? And back then, it was two thousand dollars a pound, right? And now, <laughs> now, eight hundred, six hundred dollars a pound because of legalization, yeah, right? Get an ounce um, for fifty bucks. Like, yeah, right. Yeah, it's crazy, right? Yeah, so, um, and so that, that is a direct result of decriminalization. 
right? And, and, and did you know, have yeah. you noticed anybody like pot smoking being this huge epidemic now? No, no, no certainly not. It's just no. the same as it always has been, except for I don't got to go wait in some guy's fucking basement suite sitting on chicken bones <laughs> for his cousin to fucking show up with his $200 ounce. You know what I mean? <laughs> And you're not you just doing took you're me back. You just took yeah, me back. Like, <laughs> like, like, hey, what kind of weed is this? It's like fucking weed. Shut up. Get out. You know, like, and now it's like, hey, I would, I would like a sativa with a, yeah, you know, right. a point five, maybe a CBD content to it. Like when I was fucking eighteen, I didn't know shit about CBD. No, I was just I happy not to see seeds. Right. Yeah, yeah. All I knew was like Kush or you know, yeah, yeah. If, it if you're lucky, like baby yeah. shit. I knew it was good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, okay. anyways, back to what you're so saying. So, back to what I'm saying here is like, we look at the models that are in place now that are working. Yeah. Decrim in Portugal doesn't mean anybody can go do anything. It means that when you get, if you're trafficking, you're fucked. Yeah. You mm. lose everything and go to jail a long time. If you and if and, and so when you get caught with your you know personal use, you get afforded a board that applies uh, gives you uh, counselors and social workers and all these resources to help you get out of it. If you're a repeat offender, those those consequences, the board decides that there's harsher penalties as you go along. And yeah. Devo was talking about the the chronic criminal and uh, addicted user that is. Going in, getting busted, getting walked up Cordova into the into the police station, getting released, going back, robbing someone, stabbing someone, and back in jail that same day. Yeah. That's what he's talking about. He's not talking about, you know, he's not talking about the the, the suffering, uh, can't get out of it, just need a community of support, need need more resources. He's yeah. talking about the chronic, chronic. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, user, right? And, and to the and listeners, so, that was episode 81 and 82, I think, where Devin yeah, McGuire talked not, about, he, he mentioned in a very small part of that, you know, the, the consequence of, of somebody's actions being to have to, to, to detox or, you know, to be dope sick on, on a, on a cold jail floor was his words, right? So, um, and, and, exactly. Yeah. So, so Ryan's just kind of offering some context to that and, and what he was saying so that we don't take that sound bite and turn it into something that it's not. And yeah. the only thing I would say is like, at, at, there's not any point where it's okay to dehumanize anyone. Period. No. Okay. You know what I mean? That's not okay. So, and that's what our systems in place have done since you know the 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 uh, the Indian Act. We can't believe they they use that word, but you know now we have uh, you know we have TRC and shit like that. But you know you go to the states and they're still using that term, which is ex- extremely yeah. Anyways, not even gonna yeah. yeah. Anyway, so uh, being. Being of Aboriginal descent, I do get a little fired up about that. But um, and so to, ha- to 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 be honest with you, I think like you know you look at like Switzerland offered free heroin. Uh, I think I think the study went and I'm and I'm paraphrasing, but the first two weeks people were going in to get their free heroin like 10, 12 times a day. In two weeks later, they're going in once in the morning and once in the evening before they go to work because now they have jobs. And when they come home from work, so they're not dope sick, and they're paying rent, and they're paying bills, and they're becoming citizens, and nothing has changed other than the fact that they are not in the hustle of what it is to be an addict. And that's what we we need to remove the the criminalization of addiction, and we need to remove the stigma of, like, incapable of citizenship, because it's not true. And we have Mm -hmm. them all the time. Look at how many functioning alcoholics there are in the world. Yeah. You know, and like, so... 
so yeah, I think I to answer the question, I think that that two point five is a fucking start, but it's nowhere finished to where we need to be. And I, and the other thing is, like, we might be too fucking lost. I have I I, I always say we had until. The, we had until fentanyl to end the war on, dr- war on drugs, yeah, and we didn't yeah. do it. Yeah, once fentanyl yeah. hit, it's a it's fucking over. Now we're really fighting uphill. You yeah, know what are. I mean? Yeah, and, and it's all because of some chicken shit politicians. I'm going to tell you, there's a there's a two documents that anyone that's interested in this stuff can read can watch that are phenomenal. One of them is called "The House We Live In." You can find that I believe on Netflix or YouTube. Okay. And the other one is called Breaking the Taboo. One of those is done by Morgan Freeman, and the other one's done by Brad Pitt, I'm pretty sure. They might both have a Morgan... No, Breaking the Taboo, that's a Morgan Freeman. That's a Morgan Freeman. I did watch that one. You had recommended it to me um, some time ago. So good. And it... Fuck. Oh, I get so fired up. Like, every time (laughs) you spend $10 on a fucking paper, that could be going to the hands of an Afghani 14-year-old. Yeah. Because all of that... The entire terrorist network is funded on on their distribution and sales of opium out of Afghanistan. Yeah. And you ask Russia what the number one problem with Afghanistan is, it isn't terrorism, it's the, it's drugs. Mm-hmm. You know, but we, you know, and, and America loves to wage war on things that don't live, inanimate things. Like, yeah. how do you wage war on fucking, on, on terror? How do you wage war on drugs? Those things don't even exist. Yeah, it's still people. Waging war. Yeah. When you wage yeah. war on, on, on drugs, you're waging war on the most vulnerable and the most uh, the most um, hurt and people of need than anybody, and we're waging war on them. And th- th- how does that happen? Through fucking stigma and criminalization. It's yeah. no different than when they red zoned. I mean, you think about the ghettos. In the states, they started off as industry industry centers in the, in, in uh, FDR's uh, big deal. So we have these city centers of industrial um, flourishing and a ton of prosperity for citizens, even you know even the minorities. And what did they do? They moved them to Taiwan and they moved them to Hong Kong and they moved them to Indonesia. And now you have no fucking market in the middle of these inner cities. So what are they going to do? Yeah, they're going to yeah. sell drugs, yeah. and then they, and then they get caught, and then what? Now they're yeah. not citizens. They can't rent houses. They can't fucking uh, uh, get welfare. They you know, can't do anything. So the only the o- and, they, and they can't get a job because you know. Have you ever been convicted of a felony? As Ice yeah. Cube says, yes. You know, and yeah. so like, so now the only company in the neighborhood that's going to hire them is it's the drug deal. companies. Yeah, and yeah. so and then having said that, consequently, America could have ended the war on drugs. But you know what they did instead? What they empowered the pharmaceutical companies. To get a piece of the pie, not to save lives. Yeah, right. So now Pfizer, uh, uh, Purdue, Bayer, all these companies now become these mega trillion dollar industries. And and, 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 and as fucked up as that is, like, so then uh, uh, El Chapo goes to jail. Well, well, El Chapo gets out of jail. What happened? Pfizer has created an entire whole new customer base for him. Yeah, right. From Oxycontin or Purdue. Purdue is the most evil fucking empire I've ever experienced in my life that I've done any research on. The Sackler family are a bunch of just awful, evil human beings, in my opinion. And what they did was they, they just – they created so much need for opiates that that um, El Chapo goes along. He goes and hires a bunch of uh, chemists from China to teach his entire staff how to create fentanyl. And now he doesn't have to worry about importing and exporting. 
he just pops up labs all over North America, and it takes that right out of the thing. Like Chicago is a major hub for fent- fentanyl distribution because Chicago has a huge cartel uh, um, uh, entity there. Yeah, and from that, they just pump it out internally. It's a, it's becoming a, a, a domestic supply. Yes, it has. So yeah. we which need is to why get, through so COVID, we, all the other drugs went up in price. Fentanyl continued to drop. Right. Exactly, and so like. Yep. So if we really want to look at this, we need to get we, – we need to disempower the, the cartels by legal regulation. Yeah. With legal regulation, we can educate. I mean alcohol has been legally regulated since 1932 or whatever it is that FDR came in and said this is bullshit. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what I mean? And so, um, so we know that it didn't work for that. Mm-hmm. Prohibition – doesn't work for – You tell me something it's successful for. It just doesn't. It just doesn't. No. It doesn't work. No. You can't t- – you tell me not to do something, what do you think I'm going to do? Every time you're going to do yeah, it. Like, unless you <laughs> yeah, give me yeah. a good reason yeah. that I can get with. <laughs> yeah, right. And so yeah. that's what we need to do. We need to educate. But it's just – it's the social fear that if we do this thing, then everyone's going to turn into an addict. But the bottom line is, as we learned from Bruce Alexander, drugs do not make addicts. Trauma makes addicts. Yes. Yes. We yes, do not, yes. you know, like, like, and this is the, the the whole disease thing. Like, you're telling me a fucking deck of cars is going to give me a disease? I don't think so. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. not the things where you, that's the coping strategy. Yeah. What we need to be looking at is hitting the, that those social gaps of, like, tr- needed trauma integration once people are stabilized in their existence. But there's no fucking money for it. The government didn't get paid for it. And a guy like, like I'm a cheap counselor. There are counselors out there for trauma specialists that are charging $300 an hour. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, you tell me what kind of guy that's just in his second year of his electrical apprentice because he's finally getting his life together after being on the streets for 10 years can afford $300 a week. No kidding, eh? Kidding. You know, like pff, yeah. it's not gonna happen. Add some kids in there. Like you live in the lower mainland where there, you can't find a house under a million dollars. Like <laughs> it ain't gonna happen. Nope. Nope. So All right. to answer All your right. question, Nick, okay. I think we're in the right direction. Yeah. I think going this route is the right direction, but we can't half ass it. Yeah. And we and what we're not doing enough of is educating and showing our citizens the vision because everybody is afraid for the next fucking four years. That's it. Politicians that is, are chicken shit of what the is, other guy's yeah. going to run against them, and that's why we have not had change. Yeah, that that is the driving factor, right? I, I had the conversation with Devin too. It's just it's, it's it's a short vision for every single politician, right? Yeah, so, you know, because they got a, their entire life revolves around reelection, four year cycles, right? Yeah. yeah. And Absolutely. why do you think we're putting so much money into housing? It isn't to help people unhoused; it's to get the unhoused out of out of the taxpayer and the vo- and and the voters' eyesight. Yes, yes, that's and that's it. it. Yeah. Yep, yep, true story. There's right, a really right, good let's, article let's by a guy on. named. Uh, let's, let's, okay. Hold on, hold on. There's a, guy, a good article by a guy named Tyson Singh, who speaks to this uh, the the housing crisis and what we've done actually only benefits politicians and not the citizens. Um, and I and I have his name right here. I hope he doesn't mind me plugging this. His name's Tyson Singh Kelsall, uh, and he is a a very good investigative reporter. Huh. Make sure you send me uh, when we're done with our with our conversation here. Um, send me the names of those documentaries and uh, and the one that you just did now, um, so that I can put it in the show notes for the listeners. Okay. So, okay. Yeah, yeah. I think that's important uh, practice that we should be getting to. We, should, we could do more of in uh, adding some value for our very valued listeners. So, 
Okay, we're yeah, going to move on to the next question. Know, so, just, okay, okay, we're going to move well, on I just want to say, I know those, <laughs> those are hot topics. Okay. I just want to yep, say, yep. okay, and those are my opinions. Yes. And yep. those, those opinions are based on my experience and the way I think, put things together. And my mind is wide open to anybody's. We need everyone's opinion. Every side of this thing we need to hear from. Even the very strong against is very, is just as valuable as my opinion or Devin's or anyone else's. Absolutely. We have to see the whole story in order to make a proper, uh, uh, an integral decision around this. I could not agree with you anymore on that. I, I and really so let's think. not chastise. So, um, it's not, I, it's I, not a, it's not an indictment of character to have a belief, is what I'm saying. No, it's like, not. No, and hey, only fools are positive, right? At the end of the day, only a fool is positive. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay, okay. I started to dumb down everything you just said to that, but no, no, <laughs> all, right, all right, all right, all right. Yeah, you're okay. getting good at that. <laughs> so, <laughs> wait a minute. All right. So, <laughs> Shane back, from uh, Langford, BC, uh, Canada. Again, uh, you're part of the world. Yep. I want to ask about. The appropriate, what the appropriate action is when a friend says he is clean and with a partner, but you have seen him or heard him talk about his actions being the opposite. Do you call him out on it or ignore it? Like, if I call him out, am I the dickhead piece of shit or is the actual friend <laughs> the dickhead piece of shit? Shame for my, okay. So, okay. Listeners, <laughs> right, I will read your questions the way you put them, but maybe a little less gratuitous swearing. Okay, so I'm going to say uh, that this guy is a is a, a, a been a very close friend of mine for a long time, and that's as censored as he gets. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> so, okay. so okay, let trying. me reword that. that <laughs> listeners, don't be surprised if I censor your questions. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Hey, great, great, great questions, Ellie. So here's what I'm going to do with that question, Chuck. Right. How would you answer that? Um, I would say. Typically, if you go to the partner in whatever the circumstances are, whether it's using, cheating, um, gambling, whatever, whatever it is, you're probably going to be the bad guy in that situation in the end. Um, the right thing in my mind to do would be to go to the friend and say, Hey, you're not, you, you know what? You're better than that. Let's do better and, and call it out on him. Um, and, and, and step away from the situation. That's, that's how I would handle it. Because in most cases, the snitch, for lack of a better term, I'm not saying that, that in a negative way, <laughs> is the person that ends up paying the price and loses a friendship over that is, is generally how that plays out. So. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I, and I, so I don't, I don't disagree with you at all. Um, for me, it is, this is about care and concern. And so this has nothing to do with the partner. This has nothing to do with anything other than the fact that I give a fuck about this, my friend, and I, and I see him on the road to burning it down. This isn't about being, being dishonest with his partner. This is about being dishonest with himself. <laughs> and so he is the one that's going to suffer here. He's going to lose her. He's going to lose whatever else he's got going on. Uh, living in lies creates heaviness and creates a, uh, a, uh, uh, it's baggage. You lug that shit around. Every time you yeah, lie, yeah. you're not experiencing freedom. Yeah. And so yeah. for me, it would be like, listen, man, I see you burning the shit down. Uh, I care about you. I don't want to see anything bad happen to you. I want to do whatever I can to help you through this. But what I can't do is sit here and watch you lie through your teeth while you rip your life apart. Yeah. yeah. And so right. either get, get, get your shit together or I'm going to have to watch from afar yeah. or be with you in a way that's firm in boundaries. Uh, yeah. And as far as your partner goes, do you love her? Yeah. Because that sure doesn't right. seem like it. Yeah. 
Is yeah, it someone right, you really want to be with? Because you're sure willing to risk it all for her. And if it yeah. is someone you love, then what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. Well said, man. Well said. And I don't, I don't even think we need to unpack that any more than that. I think that's a, that's a pretty clear answers on, on what we feel the right thing to do is. I mean, again, it's opinions, but, uh, you know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it is yeah. opinions, but I, yeah. I don't want to get in the yeah. middle of relationships. No, never. It, it never works out for the person that gets in the middle. Ever. No. Not once in the history yeah, of no. relationships has it ever. Right. You know. No, but I do yeah. expect my, my good friends to call me on my shit. Damn straight. Damn straight. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. No, I agree. I agree. All right. Um, this next one here. Ah, look at that. It's mom again. Norma in Moose Jaw. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh, hold on yes. a second here. Yeah. Uh, I thought of something. You said, is it Anthea? In one of the podcasts, you said Anthea is the smart, one of the top three. Oh, Lena. Smartest Lena. women. Yeah. Lena, yeah. Is it Lena? Yeah. yeah. I do have a friend, Anthony, who is women. also very smart. So, yeah. But, yeah. But Lena, yeah. That's how I typically it, You know what you know, the first thing I yeah. saw it was? What? That That's pretty high praise. You know you know Norma. Ooh, like, you know your yeah. mom. Yeah. So, that's really, that's some high praise. Because that <laughs> is, is one is. smart lady. It is. And she is. She is. She's exceedingly she smart. She is very. Right. And yeah, always yeah. has been. Yeah. Yeah. But it, yeah. Um, both, that, both of them. So, yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. Shout out to Ma. Yeah. That's something right. I always looked up to your mom. For, so t- for to be fair, it might be Christmas before mom hears this because she tends to binge when she listens. She'll catch right up. Yeah, she yeah. always ends up catching up, but it might take her three months to, to start hey, catching up. I don't up, need right? her so, to hear you know, that. Yeah. I'm just speaking yeah, my yeah. truth. I know. I know. I know. I know. I don't think you do. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so mom, Norma Inmistra says, share your thoughts on how friends and family of addicts are impacted and what they can do to stay connected, but not enable the one they love. I think this is something that we've covered a, a, a few times from different aspects, um, yeah. but I also don't think that it's something we can cover enough at the okay. same time because it's a, it's a pretty big deal, right? So, can I ask you to to, to ask it again? I, I I got I got caught on a word there and I missed. Okay, some. before we answer that, a quick PSA, buddy. And now for a quick public service announcement: one of the best ways to reduce stigma is with education. If you still have questions that we haven't answered on today's show, you can learn more about Together We Can's education group at twcrecoverylife.org. Hi listeners, this is Lena. I'm part of the Ashes to Awesome team and co-hosted on episodes 76 and 67. Do you carry Narcan, also known as Naloxone? If not, perhaps you should. The kits are not only compact and easy to use, they are free at all harm reduction centers and a lot of pharmacies. By carrying one of these kits, you could save the life of somebody who loves and that is loved. I get that most of you never plan on being around opioid use, but there's no telling when it could be around you. I can't think of a good reason not to have it, and if you're not sure where to find it for free, send us an email at ashes2awesomepodcast at gmail.com with Narcan in the subject line. We'll do the legwork for you and find it for free in your area. Thanks for listening, and now back to the show. Share your thoughts on how friends and family of addicts are impacted and what they can do to stay connected but not enable the ones they love. Share my thoughts on how they're impacted. I'll start there. Yeah. Um, Which, can, can I, before you start, can I, I want to say something just for a second on that. Um, it's become a huge focus of the show, the friends and family and, and partners of addicts, um, almost as much as anything else lately. And the more I do it, the more I want to give to it. Because I, I'm under, maybe that's maybe some guilt for me in, in, you know, in, in the way that I've impacted my friends and family and my loved ones. But I, it's really opened my eyes 
to Could holy shit. Guilt? Uh, and I thought you'd pick up on that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's <laughs> guilt. It makes you want to be better. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's yeah. really opened my eyes to the effect that, that our, us as addicts, our behavior has, you know, the effect it has on the people around us. And, and yeah, again, so, the more I do it, the more I want to do with it. So go ahead, continue. I just wanted to throw that little bit in. Yeah. Okay. Um, I see it like this. Friends and family, close, close people to addicts. Uh, and I, hate, I don't actually don't like that term. Human beings that, that struggle with characteristics of addiction. Um, yep. I, 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 I hate the identification. Of we'll that. come up with an acronym because we don't have that kind of airtime to be saying that every time. Okay. okay. Well, <laughs> to me, it's just like this is such a ceiling on our existence. Like we're so much yes. more than just an addict, but whatever. Stand straight we are. Yeah. Yep. Um, and so what I'll say is. Uh, addicts have, you know, there's, there's, there's people, people have, in addiction have, um, a lot of, a lot of pain there. It's just a lot of pain, a lot of, a lot of suffering happening. But what they do have is they have, they have a solution that's very, it reinforces the problem, but it does give them reprieve. So they get a, they get a break from it. The family members don't. They do not. The family members are in it all the time. Can't sleep, can't eat, don't know where you are, watching their phone, making calls, not making calls, call, talking to people. What do I do with this? Oh, my God. Just per, fucking Perhaps chaos. worst of all, doubting themselves on each and every one of those my decisions. God. My right? God. And, and with the ultimate, you know, the ultimate fear being what we hear every fucking Monday. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Is yeah. that they're going to be gone. Yeah. So yeah. they carry way more, in my opinion. Yep, as far as the burden of without, uh, without of, a doubt, that's yeah. You don't need to qualify that at all. Yeah. And like yeah, like you know, like oh yeah, I'm so shameful. I did all that thing. I, yeah, I gotta go get fucked up. At least I forget to forget about it for four hours. Yeah, yeah. You know they don't. Yeah. They don't get to what, forget. But why do you think we don't answer? There is from the whole fucking thing, right? You know, right, well, <laughs> we don't answer the phone. Yeah, for days. Yeah, we, yeah. That, that's that must be nice. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. can't. No, I can't live my life without answering my phone. Nope. Nope. You know what I mean, and so, um, so to, to to kind of put it in perspective of how it affects, it's uh, it is a bondable, complex system. Uh, relate human beings themselves and human beings in relationship. Bondable meaning every part of the system is connected, and every other part of the system is influenced. So whenever. Um, you know, I, I think I heard something, you know, you said like, do you know why, uh, you didn't answer the phone? Here's what I'll say to, to something you guys said, talked about was, um, you know, like the, remember, remember the, remember the yesterday's was don't, don't do nothing. Mm-hmm. Don't not call. Yeah. And I agree. Yeah. You call, even That's if you true. know, they're not going to answer you call, yeah. make your name show up on that phone mm-hmm. and do it every goddamn day. Because you know, because it's it all sinks in, it all absorbs in some level. Yep. Every time they and, and you know, it might be accompanied with shame when they call and go, "I'm not fucking answering that," but yep. at least they know, "Hey, that person is thinking about me." Then mm-hmm. I'm I I feel alone, but I'm probably not. Yeah. yeah. You know, and so it's just more evidence that that really uh, perpetuates the love model, getting to that place where uh, you know that that place where I mean, I got five fucking seconds of readiness. <laughs> And, and yeah. having that fucking phone call, uh, have, knowing even if it was my last call I had, well, it's even right there. It's so easy to hit hit call back. You know, I didn't have to look through my contacts. Yeah, you know. Yeah. But if I'm ready and I and nobody's even tried to call me because they, you know, I'm not going to call his phones off. Well, pff, do it fucking anyway. Yeah. yeah. You know, because yeah. because when you're ready, you're ready, and it got to be now. Iron's hot. Get on it, and that support has to be there. And if it's not, isolation is reinforced, shame is reinforced, and they're driven further away. 
So, um, so that's what one part of that. Yeah, what's happening over there? Well, you, you covered both. Uh, you said how they're impacted and what they can do to stay connected but not enabled. So uh, you, okay. you covered a good portion of the second half of that okay, question well, anyway, if not all of it. Mm-hmm. Stay connected. Keep calling. Yep. Keep talking to your supports. Go to yep. Al-Anon. Go to our whatever they are. Aren't in, I don't know what they all are. Al-Anon's mm-hmm. and, and, and though like, like meetings are phenomenal for community of support and an ability to have a shared understanding of what people are going through. Because I, I, I think not, not only the – Go ahead. Not only the addict feels alone, not only the addict feels shame, mm-hmm. but the loved ones do. They wear and, that. They wear that title in a big way. Wear, and I, I'm, it's, I'm, I was I'm just about to speak to that, Ryan. Yeah, I was just about to say the stigma. The stigma yeah. is, you know, and and again, the difference is, as the addict, we get to wash that stigma away for a few minutes or an hour at a time or whatever while we get high. Our, we our, have our loved ones don't. You know, yes. our, our loved ones don't. They, they we have a wear solution. Mo- most horrible. don't. Right. To be honest yeah. with you, my experience, um, a lot of loved ones, I've counseled their loved ones and then end up counseling them for, you know, uh, heightened alcohol use or yeah. uh, things yeah. like, and all, you know, like lots of maladaptive behaviors that come from suffering and the need to cope. And people, everybody has a need to cope in some form or, or another. At least with addiction, it's so in your face that you know what the problem is and how to attend to it. It's worse when it's about money or power because yeah. sobriety celebrates that. Yet yeah. we get an endorphin rush from getting a big paycheck. We get an endorphin rush from getting the corner office, from getting our business card that says fucking director or manager or you know what I mean? Yeah, and, and, and so society <laughs> celebrates that yet at home. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't remember my kid's birthday. I haven't been to a, f- a baseball game of his my entire life. You know what I mean? Because I'm at the office all day. And so they're yep. still suffering there. So we're lucky in the way that it's in our face. We know what this is, and and there are so many resources available for it. What do we do for the for the for the sex addict? What do we do for the food addict? For you know, gambling yep. has got a lot more traction. But what do we do for the guy that you know or woman that is addicted to the slot machines? Like, yeah, the re- the resources aren't there like they are for us. So we're lucky in that sense. But and to maintain the relationship again, back to the love model. Back to constant contact, communication, none of the shame, none of the judgment, just I love you, I don't understand, I, I don't, maybe I don't understand what you're going through, but I want to be an ally. I look at it like 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 feminism, like I want to be an ally to feminism. I look at yeah. it like, um, you know, the, uh, our Aboriginal communities that have been brutally murdered and raped for, you know, over 100 years, I don't understand that, but I want to be an ally. Mm-hmm. I want to understand, I want to try, I want to be there. Yeah, you know what I yeah. mean, and so like instead of like oh, I'll never understand, so what's the point? No, no, we're still a community. It's, uh, you know, a, a, a fist is stronger than its five fingers, right? Yep, 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 for sure. So, for sure. I oh, guess you I, just uh, you just keep you keep going, and and and, and, and I'll say something else. Like, mm-hmm. don't have expectations if you're if you if we're in this this fight together, if we're slogging through it with them. Mm-hmm. The reality is that some don't make it. Yeah, yeah, and that's and that's real. That is the reality, right? So, and, and it's, um, it's something I've repeated quite a bit throughout. And, and while we're speaking to the loved one, because because that's what you're doing right now, um, and, and I'm sure you'd have a better way to, to some better verbiage for this. But for me, uh, it, it's just the way that I found to explain it to to somebody once. Um, the, the addict never chooses the drug over the loved one ever. It's a choice that's not even in front of them. It's in another room in the house. It's 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 not available to them. So, because the addiction is there and it's, it's all consuming. So 
when the odd time when they do go into that room, the guilt and shame kick their asses right back out, and here we are. Right. Yeah. So it's don't ever well, feel on. that your addicted loved one is. I have to hold on. I can't yeah. let you get on with that. Okay. It's not. It's not guilt and shame. Okay. It's, it's shame. shame. It's shame. Okay. You're right. You're right. Don't, You're right. I don't, yeah. it, it's a pet peeve of mine when people put those together. And, and you good. know what? I'm I'm usually better at it now since since our guilt and shame episode. Right. So. But yeah, yeah, the shame. It kicks you right back out of that room and puts its boot on your neck and and you're and you're right back to not even thinking about or not even having that choice to make. So please, if you if you have somebody who's in active addiction right now, please do not take it personally. It's the worst thing you can no, do, God, and no. and really it is the worst thing you can do because if you take it personally, your actions are going to reflect that and further further to the disconnect with that person. So what a can we put a pin in that? I want to talk about taking things personal at yeah, some okay. point. Can't you do it now? Yeah. Yeah, if you want a few minutes, you can do it now. Yeah. Here's a live question, okay? Yep. I want you to like do me a favor. Walk with me in this. Close your eyes and clear your mind. Okay. Okay. Yep. Now think about your life as it is, and think about like you are your sensitive, emotional being. You can be reactive. Um, you're mostly kind, but know how to be hurtful, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Now take your life that you see it now. And I want to ask you this question. I want you, I want it to fall over your existence like a blanket. Okay. What would my life be like if I got to choose what I took personal? And really so think much. about that. Think about so much that. better. Right. Just think about like you're walking down the street. And, you know, somebody says you're ugly. So what? You know, like uh, mm-hmm. the, so. The, and, and the only thing we really need to take personal in this world. You can open your eyes. Is I love you, thank you, um, uh, appreciate you. Like I want to take that shit. I'm gonna choose to take that personal. I know that whenever I make choice, I find freedom. Period. Yes. Right. So yep. if, if you're if you're calling me, like we said this before, call me a goof, but yeah, totally. <laughs> you know what I mean? I choose to not take that personal because I don't want to live in a prison of that. Yeah. Yep. It's com- it's completely self uh, self serving, I guess. You know, but it makes my life easy mm-hmm. and simple. And like most people are projecting their bullshit, yep. especially in an aggressive manner. So when I can look at it and be like, "Well, wow, you, wow, you're really angry. You must be hurt." <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Instead people, of like, people, "Fuck you, right? you, you know, think you're yeah. angry? I'll fucking show you angry." You know, that, that, that's one of my favorites. Like <laughs> anger one upper. I'll fucking show you a bad mood. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> just ask Marina. <laughs> Something I'm working on. <laughs> so I just and, and you know and and I have a I have a plethora of lived questions like that that really mm-hmm. start to shift our uh, our our paradigm of existence because it opens us up to these deeper horizons of, of understanding that um, that that offer more choice to existence and that really that, this whole thing for me kaleidoscope is all about this collection of all this crazy shit all brought together into one place that says I have choice to live in a reality that I can build myself and live the rest of my life in peaceful existence. And it's right at my fingertips. The only thing I need is knowledge. I love that. Yeah. Dad, it's like, it's so easy, but we're not taught it. And so that's where my idea for writing that book, that's what it comes from. Why do we fear the moment? That's the question. Why do we fear life in motion? Why do, why do we as a society or individuals in society, we run from that, you know, Except yep. for when it comes to music, playing music, listening to music, sports, sex, uh, anything else that requires rhythm focus. Yeah. 
Yeah. But why can't I be that every day? Yeah. It's a lived right. question. Why can't I be who I want to be every day? That's a lived question. Yep. Yep. Well, and there's yeah. and the answer is usually well you can. <laughs> no, of course, of course not. No. Okay, so for the last question for today, we have Dwayne in Tallahassee, Florida, who wants to know the difference between ego and confidence, but specifically how they affect him in his relationships and in day-to-day life and, and, and how he can navigate those two things. Mm, okay. What was his name? Dwayne in Tallahassee. Dwayne. Well, Dwayne, uh, I would like to encourage you to make your way down to Joe Robbie Stadium this season in Miami because they're going to kick some ass. Now, <laughs> oh, the uh, Dolphins fan, I forgot. Jeez, I almost forgot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Look, I got a helmet in the back there. I got two. <laughs> yeah, one, yeah, I got yeah. one signed by Don Shula. I know, anyway, I know. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay, so let's let's you know. I, I mean, I, I talked uh, uh, a couple of episodes about locating. Yeah. Um, and so, so I'm going to, I'm going to leave, I'm going to, I'm going to preempt with that because this is a part of our process of how we locate and really differentiate between like noise or fucking focus. Now, if we think about what ego is and it's like job, uh, its job is like anger. It's to protect. It is taking a beautiful flower and putting a rusty old bucket over it, thinking we're going to keep it safe when actually it needs sunlight, nutrients, and it needs wind to push it and create tension so it strengthens. Yes. I come along and lift my bucket up thinking that, well, that that storm's over. Oh, it's fucking dead. What happened? You know? And so that's what ego does is it protects our vulnerabilities. Uh, And so you – so. Um, and when I locate ego, it doesn't come from my heart. Ego, when I locate it within my being, it's usually almost a forehead, like it's out here. Yeah. Uh, it, it, you know what I mean? I don't, I don't feel it here. I feel the below it. I feel, might feel the anxiety of ego, but that's a somatic thing. Um, so it is a defense mechanism that we use. Uh, ego. Uh, uh, is uh, there's a guy uh, in old recovery guy from like the 70s called Chuck C. He calls it the great disconnect. Mm-hmm. Ego is to disconnect in an effort to keep safe. In other words, in, for, in order for us to connect as human beings, we need to be vulnerable. Yeah. And to be vulnerable, that's where we have this transmission in the medium of emotion. And so what ego does is cuts us off from being able to do that. Now, confidence is almost the opposite. Yeah. Confidence, when I locate it, it's in my being, it's in my soul, it's in my chest, it's in my heart, I feel it there. And what okay. is it saying? Is it saying, uh, I have capacity, I'm capable. Confidence is born out of a love for myself and it's intrinsic in nature, it's intrinsically dependent. It's dependent on how I feel about myself. Okay. E- and, and most importantly, confidence is an access to connection. So I'm good at this thing. I don't mind showing you because that's validating for me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Ego is I am so bad and so worthless that I'm going to pump myself up to be the exact opposite in such a way that you have to think I'm better than you. Ego is never about equal. It's always about feeling worse than and appearing better than. Okay. Ego is born out of the extrinsic world's expectation. Okay. Not the intrinsic expectation of self. 
So my ego is dependent on what you think of me, what my brain tells me you think of me, and I can't mind read. So it shows up unfucking warranted. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, uh, and then really the base root of it all, mm-hmm. if we really look at where it comes from, ego is born out of love, love for self, love for the world, love for potential, love for creativity, love for all of these things. And fee, and, 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 sorry, did I say ego? You did. I, I was wondering. Where, okay. Confidence is yeah. born out <laughs> okay. of yeah. those beautiful, connectable elements of right side brain, vulnerability. And, and so, so, so confidence is born out of love. Ego is born out of fear. Ego is born out of shame. Not enough. Not good enough. Never measure up. Mm-hmm. And so it is our, our response to what the outside world thinks of us because we're so afraid of being rejected. Yeah. So ego again comes back to be this thing we use to keep us safe from the, the evolutionary fear of being rejected and shipped out into the jungle to get eaten by a fucking puma, yeah. you know. And like, yeah. So the, yeah. and that's that's the physiological makeup of ourselves. And so yeah. to make it really simple, ego is about love for my or confidence is about love for myself. Ego is about fear of what you think. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? That makes perfect sense. No, really and does. I am an yeah. ego fucking maniac. all about this shit man so that's why like uh, to be honest with you like when i sense it coming up i Mm -hmm. literally go and locate with myself is this in my heart oh no fuck no 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 it's not this is in my head this is about me being insecure ego is about insecurity yeah hope you like that Dwayne. i think you should because that's a great answer so yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah i know here's what i'll say about that because i get it i get it all the time about being a dolphins fan um, you show me a Dolphins fan. You, some people might say, "I'll show you an idiot," or "I'll show you a loyal human being." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, I had this guy in my group, a really good dude. He actually does some. Uh, he's a good musician, um, and Still I, I gotcha. talked to you about him. Uh, and and so he shows up in my group one day wearing a Jets jersey, and I'm like. I need to really decide whether or not you can be in this group right now with that jersey on beat Jets being in the same uh the same uh division. But then I was thought to myself, you know what, dude? Respect. They suck too. Like I uh, uh, what I'm looking at right now is a Jets fan. I'm looking at a loyal man. You know, I'm looking at a guy that is committed to his team and will not waver because they've been awful longer than the Dolphins have. <laughs> yeah. so, That's awesome. All right. Yeah, yeah. All right. Okay. So back from uh, from our break for sports, right? All right. Okay. Okay. Um, hey, listen, that brings us to my favorite part of the show, and that is the yeah. Daily Gratitudes. Hey, this is Scott from the New New Friends podcast, the podcast for adults who love to laugh at adulting. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Ashes to Awesome. The Daily Gratitudes are brought to you by the No New Friends podcast. Please check us out, nonewfriendspodcast.com. We're streaming on all major platforms. If you just need laughter in your week, just an escape from what's going on in your life, I highly recommend my podcast to get you through that week, bring some levity and, and make you laugh. So check us out. No new friends podcast on all streaming platforms. That's no new com. And now here are your daily gratitudes. And remember you are loved. Um, you go first. Okay. Oh, okay. 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 Well, um, I, I've been listening. You're not doing them. 
I know. I Not have my watch. <laughs> true my story. Watch. True story. True story. So you know what? I've had a, I've had a really stressful couple of days, and uh, I think it's important that I do get to them and then make sure that they that I get to my you know keep track of the good shit because then it leads to more good shit. So hey, did, did you um, know that gratitude actually alters your brain chemistry in a very positive, creative way? Absolutely. Actually, in the in the beginning days of the show, I used to kind of go into a bit of an explanation for daily gratitudes, yeah. and I kind of take for granted that people understand that now, but um, I shouldn't. So, you know, yeah, I, I think, no. I think maybe the next time we get together, right, we should talk some, something about gratitude. A little biophysical. And, yeah. 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 Let's, let's yeah, make sure. a point of doing that. Yeah. So, yeah. um, things I'm grateful for, uh, right off the hop, um, the guests, the guests on the show, they, every day, I can, I'm building relationships with these people before we record. And then of course, post record. And each and every one of them just brings us something different to my life, and, it, and it's amazing. Um, most recently, uh, Missy Hume in, in the recording that that would have aired last week, if you listen to this now on Friday. Um, wow, man, she just the capacity for love is awe inspiring, you know. And, and the way that she's handled the, her daughter's addiction is just it's it's amazing. It's truly amazing. And and I'm just talking to another mother. Um, who will be, uh, if, if all goes according to plan and, you know, his plans often don't, but, uh, coming on on this Friday coming, Tammy and, and the struggle she's having with her addicted daughter as well. It's amazing. I love my guests, yeah. each and every one of them. Right. So. Well, uh, thank you. No, I'm just kidding. I, uh, <laughs> it's not about you, ego. Right. Okay. Yeah. Hey, frosted tips, put a fucking cork in it for a minute. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I told you. I told you. I know all about ego. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. No, and it's so, my gratitude. Uh, don't fuck with gratitude. I'm, talking, I'm, I'm doing it. Uh, yeah, 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 okay. Yeah. okay. <laughs> all right. All right. Um, and, and next up, it's like summer weather, and I'm so happy for that. Finally, it's been like the craziest, did you guys just nicest. Get snow? Um, we did, like last week. Hey, it's Calgary. You don't, you, you lived here. <laughs> you, know, you, you know, you remember, right? People just in other parts of the right country now? say, if you don't like the weather, wait five minutes. It's like, shut up. You've never been to Calgary, or you would not say twenty-seven degrees right now here. Holy crap! Okay, we're sixteen here, but you know, still. So, like, what I, I just went for a walk and I had to take my hoodie off halfway home. So that was a good. Yeah, that's a good day. I right? put a hoodie on in months. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Okay, you're <laughs> with me. Okay, if you want me to do gratitudes again, you're gonna shut your fucking pie hole while I do that. Okay, how's that sound? <laughs> right. Stepping away from the mic. Okay, okay, okay. Um, so yeah, for the nice weather, um, you know, I, I, I've been kind of had somebody in my life recently here, and you know, I'm spending time with somebody and uh i'm grateful for that too because it's been a long time since i made that connection it's been at least a couple years since i've had that kind of connection with somebody and i'm I'm grateful to have that back in my life for however long it goes (laughs) for for however uh, you know what i'm saying um and you know what my final gratitude you're gonna have to do because it's not gonna be the final gratitude because i want some out of you too so what do you got today uh well I guess I'm grateful for living in the most beautiful province in our country. No, it's a pissing match, folks. To the point <laughs> that I don't see any reason to go farther east than Kelowna. <laughs> uh, no, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, to be honest with you, like, I'm going to go throw the wake tower on my boat, hook the stereo up, get her going. So we're getting boat, it's boat season soon. Nice. Uh, so. I'm grateful for, uh, first of all, okay, no, fuck, what am I talking about? I'm grateful for people on the show, 
and and the people who have said these things about me that have really changed my ability to it, it, it not my ability it has taken the bully voice in the back of my head that tells me I'm a useless loser and has disempowered it completely just by hearing people say nice things about me without me having to like I don't know me being there influencing it or something like that yeah that like yeah. I said that was a big moment for me and I'll never forget mm-hmm. uh and because it was the first time I ever didn't have that voice going they just want to be liked you know <laughs> and so I'm really grateful for for everyone on the team here um I am uh I I had a conversation with my mentor yesterday and uh, the way that guy fills my cup is unbelievable. Like he once again took, uh, we were talking about uh, animate consciousness and contemporary consciousness um, and the difference between that and how the, how, how North, uh, what Western society has been constructed on these principles and how, uh, so we went into this, this conversation that was, that was con- did I say conceptual? I said conceptual, right? Yes, you did. Yeah, conceptual consciousness, uh, and how like most of us live in this conceptual ideal when really um, consciousness rea- exists in an, in an animate ways in organisms and things that are living, and we we yeah. we focus on the things that are like not living, and uh, yeah. Anyways, okay. So, my, my, Michael, uh, you're my you're my my muse. You're my homie. You're uh, probably the 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 one person that has changed my life more than anything in this world. Other than my third one, which is my beautiful wife and children, and uh, they just like I just couldn't. Even, I don't, life didn't really exist before I had them. There was yeah. me being in the world until thirty nine, and then and then I started life when I had my daughter and my other one. So yeah. Well, oh, nice. and smartest woman in the world, the world, Norma. <laughs> <laughs> well, Merry Christmas. well said well said hey guys and the final gratitude goes out to you the listeners wow it has been a whirlwind week once again you guys uh, the message is getting out further and further so please keep listening please keep telling your friends please keep downloading please write some reviews on your favorite platforms Um, Apple uh, I don't think you can on Spotify anymore but you can certainly rate us still come check out the Facebook page at um, uh, Ashes to Awesome Facebook page where uh, we practice daily gratitudes on there. We have all sorts of different little discussions and, and tidbits and memes and whatever. And uh, supporting that too does sure help to spread the message. And the message is this. If you are in active addiction right now, today could be the day. Today could be the day that you start the lifelong journey. Reach out to a friend. Reach out to a family member. Call into detox. Go to a meeting. Do whatever the hell it is you need to do to get that journey started. Because it is so much better. And if you're the loved one of an addict, you're just taking the time to listen to our show. And for that, we are both very, very grateful. Consider taking one more minute and texting that addict. Let them know they are loved. Use the words. You are loved. That little glimmer of hope just might be the thing that brings it back. Almost died trying to get here. Got high through my best years. Got sober, then I relapsed, then I cleaned up, got my head clear. Sometimes it feels like there ain't to believe in. But I believe that we're out here for a reason. You don't think you're a fighter, but I know you are. Your 
tired from the pressure I put on myself for years Tired from my 20s, the whiskey bottles and beers Tired of smiling while I've been holding back tears But I believe I can do it, so I'm here I'm a believer I believe I'm a believer I believe I've been told I have a death wish No one's interested Cold and too aggressive Close to hypertension I'm broken from the pressure Explosive with my temper I'm sober but I'm stressing And hoping it gets better Am I falling off? Should I give it up or put it all on pause? Let go of this dream so I can visit home and talk to mom? Maybe all I need is another Instagram post With a quote about believing in yourself when you're low You don't think you're a fighter, but I know you are, you are a liar, you say you aren't, you don't think that you're worth it, but I think you are, and I think you're perfect, the way that you are, maybe I'm weaker, and I know I've lost before, but I'm a believer, Nothing is impossible I'm a believer I believe I'm a believer I believe You don't think you're a fighter